0: Back, Pop Ninjas slice and dice number 17. So you say confirmed.
1: All right, so
0: 17. yeah, 17. We we're like a, a ripe teenager. I was, I graduated, horny and full 17. of vigor.
1: I did it too. Vigor, yeah, that's full of something,
0: full of something, full of shit. Probably the three of you would concur, I bet. Um, <clears throat> so it's a new year. It is. It is twenty fourteen. That's right. The last
1: podcast was just before the new year. It was, it was. like twenty eight. Even, though,
0: even though, yeah, even though we it released it post twenty no, thirteen. it was, it was recorded. the
1: holidays were an active time.
0: They were. They were. It was, it was a busy time. But now it's a new year. It's a new year. It's a new you, Dan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a new me. Can I return it and get the money back? <laughs> I don't know how much it's worth. (laughs) Not a hell of a lot, but I'd rather take
0: the money. Right, right. Um, So, 2014 getting off to an interesting start in the news world. With let's start out. Let's start out just on a rant. Alright. I know we had I had
1: listed Isn't that uh, the way we ended things?
0: Yeah, I you know it, it let's start out let's forego all resolutions and whatnot of being a more positive self to share. No, we And we, just start out with a rant. Right. Merrill fucking street
1: Yeah, and she's a twat.
0: I you know, I never had an issue with Streep up until about two years ago when all of a sudden Street just started carrying herself like this freaking entitled Hollywood royalty and granted that's how she's treated so maybe it's not
1: fully her fault but what what's funny is if you go back and watch death becomes her the Meryl Streep character the the character she plays in that I've decided is Meryl Streep this totally entitled uh, little douchebag chick that acts like she's so humble and everything else you know it's the biggest bullshit act there is there's nothing humble about this woman anymore
0: no um which i think was evident when she won that iron lady oscar two years ago that yeah, i didn't see the iron lady but
1: oh it's on netflix now
0: yeah i'm never gonna see the iron nope. lady um but she came out this week she was presenting an award to emma thompson uh, for her role in Saving Mr. Banks, says P.L. Travers in Saving Mr. Banks. And she took the opportunity, uh, as she went up to the podium, to to present this award. And apparently this ended up being a nine-minute dissertation, uh, sort of lambasting Walt Disney, the man. Mm-hmm. For being uh, a gen- what does she call him a gender bigot or something? Yeah, to that J- sense. That basically, he, he uh, was a
1: total gender bigot
0: um, <clears throat> against uh, against women. And it took me about ba- you know truth of that aside, he might have been I don't know, but what is what is the point of going up on a podium in in two thousand and fourteen? To trash a guy that died, shit,
1: over 40 years ago, damn near 50 years ago. To trash someone for beliefs that were held 70 years ago? Yeah. In effect? What was your point? Especially with that, with... Saving Mister Banks as being the backdrop of the whole thing too, because to me it's insulting to the entire process at that point. Well, not only
0: that, this isn't even your
1: platform. You're there. No. To, you're there to give a fucking award. To me,
0: this is no different than Kanye West barging in on Taylor completely. Swift. It's Although completely. she didn't, she didn't. She was asked to be up there, but she she hijacks the moment mm-hmm. to spout off about about this. You know what, Disney, for, for, in 2014, you can look at Disney's antics as being that. But in 1955, 1960, he wasn't looked upon like that yeah. because
1: it was the norm. Dude, at one point, McDonald's didn't hire women. You can't- so are you going to say McDonald's shows a gender bias because 50 years ago there wasn't a woman working at McDonald's? Right. It's right. not, you can't, am I saying that there wasn't some gender bias? No, I'm sure there was. was. But what's the point now? It exists. Exactly. And that's
0: my point. What is the point today? It isn't 1960 anymore, it's 2014. And that bias, and this will ruffle some feathers, that bias, that level of bias, doesn't exist. No. It
1: does not exist today. And how did that gender bias in any way affect Meryl Streep? And that's what also right. infuriates me. Right. Is where has this where bubbled up in right. her fucking life here? Because Meryl Streep looks to me like she's doing pretty damn good.
0: Yeah. And not only that, she's doing pretty good after having ha- cashed how many checks from the Walt Disney uh-huh. Company?
1: That's fucking I'm
0: sure there's plenty. Oh. I know she just had one out, come out recently or,
1: is, or just wrapped up on something that's, that's Disney. Yeah. And, and look... Clearly, that at some point, we've already said it, animation studios at some point, caught the comic arts at some point were certainly male-dominated. Mm-hmm. We're not arguing that. But
0: Everything was male-dominated. Right. Every single thing. That Walt Disney grew up in and around
1: was male dominated. Right. It was it was part. It was of the time. The time men went to work during the day, came home, their, their their housewives had supper waiting for them when they got home. During the day, they did the cleaning, they did the cooking, they read good, better homes and gardens. That's what they did. Unfortunately, that's history. Right. Is it right or wrong? It may be wrong now, but that was the accepted way of life sixty years ago. Right. Period. Right, but instead, but as usual,
0: instead of celebrating how we've evolved as as people, we choose to just continue to. It, it's just like it's like uh, an African American today who quotes uh, you know, the slave times. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't a fucking slave. No. Your parents weren't slaves. Your fucking grandparents no. weren't slaves. Just stop it. I, I'm not saying racism doesn't exist, but you're not a slave, huh? Meryl Streep. You are not. A woman that's been, um, you know, mistreated or ignored or anything like that, due to society
1: and stuff like that. I would love to be able to ignore her, but I can't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no shit. And she's probably going to get a fucking nomination again, just because she's Meryl Fucking Street. Right. You can't be the top in the top five best performances. Every role you take, no. No, Every single role you take is the top five. Really? pretty sure I I haven't even seen her role. I'm pretty sure I've seen five roles that she isn't going to going to get into. Mm-hmm. It's,
1: uh, and it's what also infuriates me in this too is uh, when it comes to Walt Disney, and it also bubbles up with the, the fascism thing and the the anti-semite thing. Again, let's stop with it because it's so many years ago. Let's just embrace and thank him for what he gave to our childhood. Walt Disney your cat? Oh, I thought your cat was puking. But it's a cable that just fell down for oh. some reason. Which is interesting that it just fell down now. Yeah, no doubt. I don't happened. know why that would just suddenly... Anyway, we're talking about a cable <laughs> falling... <in> the, <laughs> Walt Disney was such a major part of everybody's childhood. Right.
0: Now, that, that, that doesn't give him a pass
1: from indiscretions. No, no. But it's to say, you know what? When you look at the ledger here, the fact of the matter is, let's just say... It's done. It's past. And thank you for giving us happiness in our childhood. Well, I guess I, would,
0: I guess I would like to know what what Meryl Streep's source is there because for every article out there that's negative about Walt Disney, I can find an equal article that's not right. I the, people have already come out and said that weren't even associated with the family so much. That said that that Walt Disney was like that early on, but he was evolving as well. Now, unfortunately, Disney died you know, fairly young for. Yep. By today's standards, anyway, he died before the Magic Kingdom in Florida even opened. I mm-hmm. believe he died in 70. So the guy's been dead for 43 years. Um, <clears throat> and they said that his, you know, there were women working in the ink and in departments and animation and stuff when he died because he'd come around to that.
1: It wasn't. It was just the times. Again, we've already said it, but it was the times. Period. And and to to try to remove him from that and then let him base him is just not fair.
0: I think a good example is uh, Clint Eastwood's character in Gran Torino, who harbored these these ill feelings towards uh, basically Asian people mm-hmm. um, until he got to know them a little better and he and he evolved and stuff like that, but. It'd be like trashing out your your ninety something year old uncle today for calling a Japanese the Japs. Right. Doesn't make him racist. Well, maybe it does make him racist, but he's ninety something years old. He comes from a time like that. He he, he went to war against these people. Mm-hmm. Just, just what's the point? The, what I is your it, end game? I That's think it was.
1: On Louis, maybe, maybe, maybe not. And I, my, I'll even say my grandmother, who's been dead for thirty years now, also used term Brazil nuts. Oh. What did grandparents ever call these? Oh, oh, we're yeah. about to get bleeped. Well, not bleep because we're doing the bleeping nigger toes. That's what they were called. Huh? That's what I, my, grandparent, and they, my grandparents were anything but racist. But it just was what they were nicknamed. Right. Whether or not people want to lambaste them for it, which no, now they you would. Wouldn't, you wouldn't call them that now. No way Because you hell. understand why that you is bad thing. You understand the hurt that it causes. Sure. But you can't look at somebody who didn't grow up in a time when, they, when there was that sentiment of hurt that it caused and then lambaste them for it. Right. That's not fair. You right. can't you, you remove were, people from their own
0: time. You are comparing apples to oranges right. by by talking about gender bias from Walt Disney versus somebody today. Right. You, you just
1: cannot remove people and, from and their I, time. It's and not I guess fair.
0: and I just guess I, I guess I wonder what was her point. What was she trying to accomplish by standing up there taking time away from uh, Emma Thompson?
1: To to say these things, so, and, and, and you know, she used it as her own personal soapbox moment, which yeah. blunted anything for Emma Thompson at that point, who is another very accomplished actress. Yeah, and and I'm sure Emma Thompson isn't acting like she she doesn't gain anything by by getting pissy over it. She'll end up coming out well, like some. And all the critics of Saving Mr. Banks
0: come. Ah, they didn't show the real Disney. They were trying to show the real Disney. So was a story about P.L. Travers <laughs> and, and her difficulties in wanting to release this material to Disney. This wasn't a documentary on the life of Walt fucking Disney. Yeah. It, it just irritates me. Meryl Streep's just the latest example of these Hollywood elitists who somehow, at some point, think we give a shit what they think about anything. Just because they're given a platform, just because the media is, is all hell bent to get a mic in front of these people's face, they think that their shit doesn't stink and, they, and that they hold the, the grandest opinions of everybody in the fucking world. Mm-hmm. The Sean Penns of the world, the Baldwins, all these fucking things. And Meryl Streep's just the latest, and it just
1: it, she's just a cunt. Yeah, t- total and complete. I'm I'm so done with that one. And it's not to say she's not a good actress, even though I've honestly always felt that she's kind of it's Meryl Streep. Yeah. She's one of those people that when you're watching her, at no point can you do you forget it's Meryl Streep. She seems to come off right. bigger than the character she's playing. Sure, and and that doesn't always work with me.
0: Right. Maybe we should uh, maybe we should look up and see uh, what skeletons are in Julia Child's closet or or Margaret Thatcher's closet. Because that would be
1: fascinating
0: because I'm sure that they didn't portray those characters exactly mm-hmm. as they were in the movie she starred in. Well, nope. so fuck fuck Meryl Streep, just just freaking shrivel up and die already. Yep. We Wasted eight minutes on fucking Meryl Streep. Yep. Well, we go another minute and it would be appropriate because then then we she wasted nine minutes of their well, time. Well, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fuck it. So uh the original
1: point break. Never seen the film. Really? I've never seen it. That's on my agenda actually for this weekend. When I mentioned this And soon. you know who directed that? Penelope Spheres. No. Don't tell me Penelope Spheres did No I mean not Penelope Spheres. Ah What's her puts that did uh the Hurt, Hurt Locker. Locker and uh, I'm losing her name right now. I am too. Uh,
0: Bigelow. Catherine yeah, Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow.
1: Oh, Penelope, sorry, Penelope Spheres. I was going documentary style. Penelope yeah. Spheris was, uh, the, the modern civilization, the, the decline of the modern civilization. Right. Yeah, that one, that, you, you have a Swayze issue. <laughs> no, I can't stand Swayze. Never, never could. But you, but you like wrote Roadhouse. Well, and let me rephrase in the eighties I yeah. couldn't stand sweet. Well, he was the poster child. He
0: was the guy who was on the cover
1: of Tiger Beat and Six And not as, his fault. as heavy metal guy, I found that anything that that was as soon as you became that guy, I hated you and didn't so want anything you, so to do with you. I was you. angry So you metalhead. had to hide all of your Leaf Garrett albums as well. And I had posters <laughs> that would cover my Leaf Garrett posters. <laughs> when 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 it was just me. I'd roll up the one of the chicken front of the Lamborghini, the and there was Garrett. Leaf Garrett. There was
0: Leaf Garrett, right? Yeah. Um, no, Point Breaks another just one of those. It's very Roadhouse in that it's just one of those films that you know. There's nothing that special about it, but it's one of those films that if you run across in the, on the scanning through TV channels that you just sort of sort of land on. And you just keep watching well, it.
1: and admittedly, it, it is become. It's one of those films that's become almost iconic. Everybody can picture, even if you've never seen the movie, you can picture certain scenes oh, from yeah. it. They that just.
0: Um, and it's one of the few roles post Bill and Ted that, that Keanu Reeves is, is tolerable. Well, there's
1: surfing in
0: it, dude. It's <laughs> <laughs> tolerable, although he's not the surfer guy. No, but um, it's all about Bodie, which was Swayze's yep. character. Um, and there's you know there's elements you can see like some elements of the the town uh, was influenced by it just by the whole the masks and the bank robberies and stuff like that. Um, Swayze was great in this flick, um, it, it, but it's being remade because well that's what happens. Right. And they've cast Gerard Butler in the in Swayze's role. Um, okay, I, I I can't really get past. <clears throat> can't get past the fact that this doesn't need to be made, period. No.
1: Gerard Butler... You're saying you don't want Leonidas or Leonidas or whatever his name was from the 300 as a no, guy? No, I don't. Gerard Butler's one of those that honestly, 300 made him, but he really hasn't done he hasn't much since. You,
0: you could throw him into the bucket with like Aaron
1: Eckhart. The, 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 guys the, who who are
0: talented, but just can't find their way over that hump to be. They've been casting a guy. billion
1: things, but none of it really sticks. They're not box office gold. No. Nobody's saying, "Oh, a new Gerard Butler
0: flick coming out." And no. if
1: you remember, I after three hundred, that was what they were trying to do, and it didn't work.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you have not seen the movie. I have seen the movie. I, I'm a lot more pissed at the fact that they feel like that that they need to re- remake the movie more. Than the I am Gerard Butler there. Um it's going to be stupid. Yeah. Just like the Red Dawn remake was stupid, just like the Total Recall remake was stupid. And I'm sure RoboCop, just like Robocop is, is going is to gonna be. be stupid. You know, I, I, I just I don't understand why studios keep throwing money at stuff that's just it's old. Mm-hmm. These are old ideas that that've been done before countless times and we keep having to endure them again there's there's
1: some part of the the the, of people out there that actually will keep going back to seeing i guess
0: i guess um you know it it, it, and we're going to talk about them a little bit later but it it's the fact that this is the studio mindset that makes things that people like the cohen brothers do that elevate them to to this greatness. That steps. said,
1: don't forget the Coen brothers did just remake True Grit.
0: Yeah, but they did it well,
1: and that's the difference. I, they
0: didn't remake Total Recall. They, re, they, they a classic from they, when did
1: Wayne make that? In the fifties, the sixties. And that that's that is really the difference. Is the Coen brothers were smart enough to say this was a great movie in the fifties, late fifties, early sixties. I think True Grit, if I remember, it right, was colorized.
0: I, I think that
1: I don't know. Uh, but uh, regardless, it was long enough ago that you can get away with remaking it with right. what we have for actors, what we have for for camera. That work, was a, a whole different generation. But you know, people like
0: us today, we remember Point Breaks and Total Recalls and things like that. Right. So we're comparing apples to apples.
1: And let's be honest: the other difference is this. Certain movies work within their own time. Westerns can be timeless. We both have discussed before that we need more Westerns if done right. There isn't, there's nothing like a good Western. Um, but your, your point breaks are very much a 1980s feeling film. And I know I'm saying this about a movie I haven't sat and watched from beginning to end, but it is still, it's very much that era. It, 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 and as a result I don't know that it translates to something now, and I—I I, I told you this uh, just a few minutes ago. I, I was shocked to see they're remaking about last night. This th- things like this don't need to be done. There's certain wells you don't need to keep going back to. It Was Jim Belushi, wasn't it? Demi no. Moore. Uh, yes, and yes, yeah, it was. And,
0: and was it Andrew McCarthy?
1: I thought about. I do remember. Was it? Yes, it was Jim Belushi. Uh, was, it a Rob, was it Rob Lowe or was it? Yeah, uh, it might have been Rob Lowe. It was uh, somebody from no, like it was that. Very,
0: very rat, uh, Brat Pack.
1: And his yeah. buddy was Jim Belushi because when yeah. he said that he slept with a duh, oh, was it Danny or Bobby? Bob, yeah, what are you to,
0: doing? At this point, we don't know. And, yeah.
1: and, and, and it is, sure, but it was, like you say, it was very rat, whatever the Brat Pack or whatever they call no, that Brat group. Back, yeah. um, Which we grew up with. And they, but, again, it's too soon, and I don't know that we gain anything. Right. The difference with, with True Grit, we have enough technological advancements when given to the right directors right. will find that little piece that wasn't done right. correctly or wasn't done well enough and can be approved upon. I don't know that Point Break is that movie, right. and I don't know that we have that level director attached to the well, film. To my what, knowledge, we don't. Well, that's
0: what makes the original Point Break, a point break so great to watch is because of its cheesiness and 80s say it's just like the karate kid i love the original karate that's kid. a great movie this this well, bastardization a, that they made the, with uh, jaden smith and jackie chan come on it was dumb it was stupid why are you trying to rape our childhood here um but yeah they're they're gonna do it regardless they're going to stick Gerard Butler uh, in the lead, which which pretty much tells you that not a whole lot of people are going to go see it, but whether we like it or not, it's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care one way about who they cast it, I care more the fact that they're even doing it, which is just dumb.
1: Do you more know fun. some of the movies this director did? Who? Oh. His name, the one attached to Point Break. Uh,
0: no, who is, who is doing Point Break?
1: His name is Erickson Core. Never heard of him. Filmography in terms of directing. <coughs> he did that 2006 movie with Mark Wahlberg, Invincible. Wasn't that the one about the guy making the Philadelphia Eagles? I think so. And that's about it. He's yeah. been attached to other films. He was involved with Daredevil, he was involved with Fast and Furious. But it but sounds now like a he's. Director? It sounds like he's done more TV stuff. So well, this just tells me right here. That,
0: that <laughs> the studio knows that this isn't going to make a ton of money, yeah. so they're not going to throw money at a, good, right. at a capable director.
1: And it's funny if you really think about the fact that, again, and I know I screwed up at first thinking it was Spheris. Spheris also did the first Wayne's World movie, now I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bigelow. Now, think about that. It was Bigelow that did the, fr- the first point break. And think yeah. about what she is now in terms of being a director. Yeah. Now, granted, a lot of people would say that solely because of the Hurt Locker. And I would disagree. For me, Zero Dark Thirty was freaking awesome, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, we're talking totally different caliber here. Speaking of caliber... <laughs> Thank you for that
0: segue. Yeah, that's because we've spent enough time on Gerard Butler and Point Break. Um this this piece is graphic in nature. You have been warned.
1: I I'm still trying to figure out the logistics of the I, whole I'm thing. I'm still
0: trying to figure out how to even uh, how to even start this conversation. Uh, Cormac McCarthy was he an author, uh,
1: an author? He was an author that wrote the road. The road, that's right. Which I've never seen the film. I haven't I've heard, heard. It's a very, it very dark, 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 dark film. And dank and, and that there's, there's, nothing. You, there's no happiness at any point in this movie. No,
0: wasn't that? Uh, wasn't that Vigo? It was Vigo and, and some kid. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Cormac McCarthy, his ex-wife. Um, is Cormac still kicking? To my knowledge, yeah. Okay. Was it his ex-wife or was it a girlfriend? Ex-wife. Okay. They but were married
1: with like thirty some odd years yeah, difference. Like thirty some odd years
0: difference. Well, apparently, she just got in trouble because <clears throat> they got into an argument, and she well, brandished they and her
1: new bow.
0: Her new bow. That right, exactly. Cormac's not a piece of that's The only tie he has here is this is this his is ex-wife. Um, she brandishes a weapon. Um.
1: Now it was well holstered.
0: <laughs> yes, but but that's not a holster.
1: She pulls well, half of the word is correct, <laughs> not the stir part.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she pulls a gun from her vagina. Now stop and consider that for a second. How do you get a gun into your vagina? Now, and I'm not talking about. I mean, how do you how do you get it to stay there, would be my point.
1: I don't own one, so I, I don't well, know no. what kind of muscle well, talent is needed. I don't
0: think it was like a sawed-off shotgun. It was like no. a handgun. <laughs> unless it was a squirt gun. <laughs> she pulls the gun It was from a pea shooter. Uh, <laughs> ...from her vagina and points it at the dude's head.
1: I... Drug induced here. Well, again, it, it, going further back, so they were getting into an argument Arguing. about was it aliens in stories or something? Yeah, and it got so heated that she checked herself out to go put on lingerie, come out, do a sex act with the gun. Yeah, using her vagina. <laughs> And then she was so pissed, she then turned the gun on her boyfriend. <laughs> now, maybe this is foreplay. It could be. Because if you're going to have an argument with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever about aliens, and it escalates the point that a gun goes up inside you, I think all bets are off as to what you're really into. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I, I... I... I really don't know what a person's motivation is with that type of abstract uh, well, love
1: Don't say thinking outside the box, because <laughs> it's very inside the box. It's very inside the box. <laughs> um, that's just that's just a level
0: of bizarre that you don't hear about every day.
1: Yeah, no. But again, looking at the mugshot of this chick. <laughs> well, granted. <laughs> I, I think you, you hit it that... Suspicion that drugs, or at the very least alcohol, and some kind of mental deficiency was involved here, I think it's fair.
0: I think it's a good thing Cormac got out of this relationship. Yeah,
1: I... (laughs) I think so. I don't know that an 80-year-old man needs to be dealing with some chick pulling a gun out of her vajayjay.
0: No, although you wonder if Hugh Hefner's been getting freaky, too, with this this type of thing. You know, we're going to lose Hugh Hefner soon enough.
1: I think we lost Hugh Hefner well, 10 years ago. Granted,
0: he's probably been uh, taxidermied, but...
1: No, he's still living the dream now and... Playboy Is he boss. Oh, at this hell point. no. He hasn't nailed anything in a long, long time. It, it, that, I always love when you have these Playboy chicks who are like, oh, I'm, I'm in love with you. Get. Stop with the in love with you thing, all right? You got the job, okay? Right. Right, right. <laughs> I think the only thing they fall in love with is the, the money. And, Absolutely. And by being in love with you, at some point you'll have your own special issue come out. Right. And if you're a Playboy model and you're into it, yeah, there's boatloads of money to be had you doing do it. And certainly if you get this special edition that's attached to you, you're talking a few million dollars for posing naked. I get it. But if it means you're going to be tied to being the girlfriend of Hugh Hefner, there are prices that somebody's paying that I don't know if it's worth it anymore. <laughs> Even though, I, I guess, again, if, if, you're, if you're arguing that Hugh Hefner ain't doing anything anymore, then I guess no harm, no foul. Right. You may be kind of laughing stock to some people, but no one gives a shit, because in the end, you're the millionaire for showing your boobs.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, the moral of the story is don't stick guns in your vagina. Unless you're Meryl Streep. Then pull the trigger.
1: Or you are going to both Space Aliens or Bigfoot. That's true. Bigfoot. Yeah. What?
0: Bigfoot going on tour. How <laughs> dare you. Right. All right. Uh, pause here and uh, some what we watch coming up. Bye. Come on, Daddy. Let's go to the movies. Let's go see the stars. <laughs> Cowboy heroes, cops and robbers, glamour and strife, bigger than life. in
1: the darkness, what a world to see, let's go to the and we wait and see.
0: So, Flicks,
1: I'm off to a good start this year. You are, you're doing way really better than me. Still, Admittedly, I've watched right? a few movies to prep for our discussion today. Well but, yeah, so have I. But you, you those can't be included, and you found a way to see way more movies than I have around uh, after that, too. Yeah,
0: so. yeah, and uh, well, I'm a bit of a loser. I have nothing better to do.
1: so. And you run Apple, which also assists in finding things. Sure.
0: Um, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna give, like, a high profile look at, uh, at a couple of the flicks I saw. Um, won't won't dig into them, because you have, like, two specific. Yep. And,
1: uh, and one of them you'll be chiming in Yeah, on the table, yeah, so. and
0: I really only have two that are real specific. Um, I did. I caught up with about time. Don't ask me why. It just, it just was there. A uh, part of me broke when well, you said that you, know you watched it. You know I'd heard. Period. I'd heard from.
1: You needed Bill Nighy, didn't you? I needed some Bill Nighy. Although Rachel McAdams isn't hard to look Rachel? at. She yeah, looks she, looks she needs to go- stop doing the fucking time traveling. She looks a lot
0: and- like Jennifer Garner, though.
1: Yeah, I, I can don't have that.
0: any issue with Jennifer Garner, but.
1: No.
0: Um I kind of like Jennifer Garner more now to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think she's hot.
1: as hot. Housewife chick.
0: Sure. Um no, it's it's about the it's the one you saw the trailers to all the movies you went to in the late um in the early fall where the uh the Bill Nye and all the men in the family can time travel and such and such and the the, the son keeps going back to correct mistakes he might have made here and here. Um, It's not horrible. It's just sort of pointless. Um, The performances are fine. Uh, They try to infuse uh, some tearjerker stuff at the end that I can see what they were going for. It didn't really work so much on me, but uh, it's probably better suited for date night than it is anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was executed fairly well. I give it a 3 out of 5. Another one I caught up with, uh, Out of the Furnace. You hear me, Petty? You better start following through on your promise. For 25 grand, you better control. I ought to put a piece of lead in your ass and take everything John, you back here? Oh, I'm sorry. Should I come back later? No, it's okay. We're finishing up.
1: I'm going to teach you to barge in my cab.
0: You got a problem with
1: me? I got a problem with everybody. Here's, I, I want to see this movie.
0: Here's one that it was actually really good. It 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 was a little slow and deliberate at points, but the performances outweigh any of those issues. Christian Bale, Casey Affleck, Woody Harrelson... All phenomenal in this. Some just real dank, run down, blue collar, you know, old mill town stuff. Mm-hmm. And Casey Affleck is uh, is out of the military after four tours in Iraq, and he's not dealing well with the fact that he's just sort of fucked up in the head. He thinks that that the world owes him more, or at least the government owes him more than having to just go and take some mill job and stuff like that. So he's making his bank off of off-track betting and being in some sort of local fight club. So suffice it to say, he's not making a whole lot of money. And then he gets involved with a bigger fight club that's run by Woody Harrelson, and and Harrelson's just a bad guy. Casey Affleck disappears, so Christian Bale has to go and try to find him and such and it's very it, it's a very depressing flick but the performances are great and if, if you like those old run down uh you know mill town stories and stuff where it's basically just gray and rainy all the time um, Well, it, it to really me, good
1: th- this sounds a lot like Winter's bone, the looks that Winter's bone mm-hmm. had. You're not talking beautiful landscape. Hell, mud's another one. You're not talking beautiful landscape, but in its poverty and in sure. its darkness, yep. it, there is a certain amount of beauty in it when shot in certain yep. It still has that little piece of Americana feel to it. Yep, for, for, for better or worse.
0: There's no, there's no beauty in in uh, out of the furnace, but uh, it is one of those little. Those little overlooked flicks. And if you yeah, like... I did nothing you like, at the box office. No. if you Well, at the time of the year it came out. It was just swamped by everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the big ticket stuff. Um, but if you like Christian Bale and Casey Affleck and Woody Harrelson and stuff, um, yeah, it, it's definitely worth a look. All right. Um, caught up with the documentary The Act of Killing. Um, about these... Uh, sort of like... It, it was like this genocide in Indonesia. um I want to say it was back in the the 80s, 70s, 80s. And it follows around these guys as their older men that were the the killers. Basically, um, if you were considered a communist, being considered a communist in Indonesia at that time was similar to being considered Jewish in the Hitler era. And it was very similar in the way they just sort of Exterminated the communists, and they make no mis- uh, no apologies for it. These these men that they're following revel in the fact, and they're still feared today around there. While Indonesia has evolved to some degree, they're still very. These people are still a very big part of that society, and and they laugh about it. They reminisce about it. It's it's very disturbing. Um, I thought the movie was a little long. It was very repetitive. Um, it, it was, it was oddly shot. They sort of went in there under the guise of we're making a movie about you guys and not necessarily a documentary exposing all of your shit. Um, it was okay. I, it didn't land for me like it is a lot of people. I've seen this one actually show up on some people's top 10 of the year lists. Hmm. Um, it didn't fall there for me. It was okay. It was, it was a little disturbing to see these people, but I mean, different cultures, man. They they do some fucked up shit too. Um, but it it was okay. It was, it didn't blow me away. Um, and then we've got our two. Um, we want to hit, uh, you want to hit yours first and I'll hit mine and then we can knock out the the, final. final. Sure.
1: All right. So. A movie I've been excited to see, well, even though a little concerned of what I was going to get, was uh, <clears throat> All the Boys Loved Mandy Lane, which I finally was able to see, um, and having seen it, I completely understand why this movie was shot in 2006 and didn't get released until now. It, it tries very hard to be a horror movie, it's not well shot, it's not well done in terms of horror... And it doesn't really do anything right whatsoever. It it it's even has that plot twist that you can see coming a mile away. And, and, and in fact, it's the whole plot of the movie is you have Mandy Lane that's this really hot little virgin chick. She's orphaned, living with her aunt and cousin. She's the girl that all the boys want to get with at school. But you don't really know exactly why it is they want to get with her except for the fact she's hot. And... She's invited with a couple of her girlfriends, who she doesn't particularly like, to go to this party out on some buddy, some guy kid's ranch, way out in the middle of nowhere, and we're talking like four hour drive to get there. And while they're there, all of a sudden the people start dying off, and, and it tries to play itself off like it's some new version of a Friday the Thirteenth with some twists, but it, it really doesn't work. They don't. I don't know that the, what the, that the director even has any right to make another film after this. Which, <laughs> it, it the, there's, you can't even discuss performances. There was nothing here. It was boring. You're literally probably 40 minutes into it before the first event really happens. The movie's only an hour and a half. When you take that long to get to the point you've taken too long. you know, you know in what the
0: movie probably needed. Mandy Lane needed to pull a gun out of her vagina. This
1: is that would help <laughs> and even better it was it's Amber Heard played Mandy Lane. Oh, so if it had been an all girl retreat, we could have had something here. <laughs> right. And it was funny because as watching Washington going arguably the hottest bisexual in Hollywood right now? Yeah, she is bisexual now, right? So, yeah, she's with Depp last thing I knew. Well, that figures. Was, yeah, no, she's the one with Deb, because Blake Lively's with Ryan Reynolds. Um, and I know Blake Lively's not by but... But yeah, this movie... Ryan Reynolds <laughs> might be... <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. he's Well, he, he was in... Uh, not Horrible Bosses, but... Ted. Ted! It was Ted, with Warburton. Warburton goes out and gets drunk and high and ends up at gay bars and shows up with Ryan Reynolds tagging along. Anyway... All the boys love Mandy Lane They may love her This movie's a piece of shit 1.5 out of 5 Again, it's horribly shot Horribly directed There's nothing here No likable characters So I don't know where they were going But they didn't make it Right on Speaking of her I saw her I gotta see this movie What about you, Theodore? What do you love most about Samantha? Oh, God She's so many things I guess that's what I love most about her You know, she isn't just one thing So much larger than that? Aw, thanks, Theodore. See, Samantha, he is so much more
0: evolved than I am. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's interesting? I used to be so worried about not having a body, but now I I truly love it. I'm growing in a way that I couldn't if I had a physical form. I mean, I'm not limited. I can be anywhere and everywhere simultaneously, I'm not tethered to time and space in a way that I would be if I was stuck in a body that's inevitably going to die.
1: Yikes. No. No, no. no.
0: I didn't mean it like that. I just meant that it was a different experience.
1: No, 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 Samantha, We know exactly what you mean. We're all dumb humans. No. No, no.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Um... Definitely one of the ones that I was, uh when I put an asterisk next to my top 10 films of 2013 that we talked about in the last podcast, the asterisk was, uh, I hadn't seen Llewyn Davis and I hadn't seen her yet. Both of those have been remedied. Um, her getting a whole lot of love. Uh, it's, it's a good film. I, I, I think it's one I need to see again. Um,
1: it's Spike Jones right
0: it is Spike yeah. Jones um, the first viewing while I thought it was good it didn't blow me away um, I think we need to and I, I ranted on this earlier Scarlett Johansson is, is purely voice actors here she's basically voicing the
1: uh, she's like some new version of Siri right it yeah, has got almost an AI to it
0: yeah, exactly. They call it uh they call it the OSs, operating systems. Mm-hmm. It's basically um it's basically like a Siri only it's got more, I don't know, human qualities to it. Mm-hmm. It, it can it can evolve, it can feel emotion and that, that kind of stuff. So it'd be like talking to a real person, just not a physical person. And and she's the voice actress in it and she does a great job with it. But can we stop with the Academy Award nomination love for these types of roles? Yeah. You're sitting in a booth reading a script. I I don't know, other than some inflection at certain points, why this is some crowning achievement for anybody. And Andy Circus when he does the uh, stop motion
1: stuff, it's great work. Mm-hmm. But... It's, it's still it's, different. It's different. Not, you're you're not front and center in a film, right? At any given point, it's your voice or it's your actions, but it's right. not both, right? And to me, and this this was almost to a certain point. Yeah, I, I I gotta avoid how far I go with this, but kind of the way I felt with the artist and a lot of the love that people gave for that. Which, but I will say, uh, Jean uh,
0: Desjardins,
1: Desjardins, whatever it was. It's, there was a little more to his acting than just it, it, it was slightly different. It wasn't just a one trick pony, and I get that. Right. Whereas what you're putting out there is still one trick, right. It's still there's still just one aspect of acting being put out there, and
0: it's nothing against Johansson, no, because no, she, she did great. And Joaquin Phoenix, I think he deserves to have the nominations for, for acting here. It's just the story That was, was just the other
1: name mentioned on that article, that, on Joaquin the, the prediction.
0: Um, it, it was just okay for me. I, I feel like I've seen this scenario play out before in movies. Like I said, I take it all the way back to Mannequin, From as like stupid as a movie or that was. 85? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's basically dude who's a bit of a loner, socially awkward, kind of a loser... You know he. And to be fair, this guy did have a wife, and they just divorced. And the wife was played by Rooney Mara, and her role isn't big enough here to really make any any impact on the film. But that's why he's alone. But it's interesting. You can. T- it never tells you, I think, what year it is, but you can tell that it's it's in the future, not too far in the future, mm-hmm. but but in the future. Um, and it seems like that. That he's not the only one who is having a "quote unquote" relationship with an OS, and it seems almost like it's it's somewhat of a societal norm. Nobody nobody's looking at him like he's weird for for doing it and calling. He calls her Samantha, calling Samantha his girlfriend and things like that. It, it it's just. It was just weird. And it's basically him going through and falling in love with this OS system until he finds out eventually that it becomes more and more clear that, that that's a problem if you're, if you're trying to think that you have some sort of loving relationship with a computer. It doesn't work. It's still a computer. It mm-hmm. can be programmed to do all sorts of things. It can be programmed to evolve. But at the end of the day, it's still a computer. Right. And when he, when it dawns on him towards the end that his his quote unquote love is still communicating with thousands of people around the world at the same time, she's telling him he she loves him and stuff like that. It just yeah, it's just kind of weird. I, I found him to be more of a just I found it to be more sad than than interesting. Um, the one part I did find interesting. Um, the there's uh which it was it is like they they have these sexual surrogates for people who are in love with their o s but clearly can't have sex with their o s so the surrogate comes in and they put in the earpiece so they can both hear, and the surrogate doesn't say anything the o s says all the talking. And the surrogate is there to just be the physical form of of the OS.
1: So when are we developing this technology?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> um, so I thought that that was that was interesting. Um, and there is another scene there because video games have clearly evolved to like these big, giant, like uh, holographic type things. And I just can't wait for you to see it because one of the characters that is in the video game is is was the best part of the movie for me because he's just foul-mouthed and stuff like that, and he can interact with the people that are around. Mm-hmm. you got to see that to appreciate it. It was a good movie. It was executed well, and the performances are top-notch. It just didn't really do anything for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still give it probably a 3.5 out of 5 because there's really no reason to trash it. It just didn't, it just didn't work for me on a story level. Didn't feel like anything fresh to me. Um, so it, it won't crack my top ten. Right. It would be in my top twenty. It wouldn't crack my top ten. All right. So the last movie we had to discuss, we both saw. Right. Um, and, and this also, i got to see where this is going to land. I presume it will still, it'll definitely land also in my top twenty. I it, don't know if it'll crack the top ten, but it, 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 it might. It will crack know. my top ten. Um. The new Woody Allen flick, Blue Jasmine. I want to go back to school. I want to get my degree and become,
1: you know, something substantial. I can't just do some mindless job. I was forced to take a job selling shoes on Madison Avenue.
0: So humiliating. Friends, I'd had at dinner parties. Our apartment came in and I waited on them. I mean, do you have any idea what that's like? No. One minute you're hosting women, and the next you're measuring their shoe size and fitting them. Erica Bishop came into the store. She saw me. So embarrassed for me. She slipped out, thinking I didn't see her.
1: I saw you, Erica! Yes, with an absolute tour-de-force performance by... Kate Blanchett, who know. I've seen in enough things, but I've never seen her as the front and center character. I can't really say, mm-hmm. not not with this much to work with. Right. And again, I, I'm always hit or miss with Woody Allen films. They they're, they tend to be understated. They tend to have some very nebishy person at to some be point. Fair,
0: I haven't seen many.
1: I, I've seen plenty. My wife's really big into Woody Allen, um, and and they all have a certain look and feel. Of Woody Allen, and, and, I, and I get that's what people connect with. Because Woody Allen isn't the guy who's going to dump $80 into in a movie. That's not Woody Allen. Right. His are very understated, he's very story-driven, very character-driven. Whether or not the characters connect with you in any way is, is the thing. And what was fascinating with this movie is, I say that, the character is so... Her, Kate Blanchett's character, Jasmine, not is likeable. so not likable... However, which is pitiable. I get how she got to where she's at, yeah. and, and basically, this at a very high level, she's a person who had a boatload of money for a very long time and has obscene, a
0: obscene, obscene amount of money.
1: Disgustingly, uh, but it was kind of ill-gotten gains, not necessarily of her fault. Yeah,
0: she didn't earn it; she married into
1: it, right? But her husband kept doing it and she knew what was going on. So when it all comes crashing down, her life as she know it, knows it is over. Right. And all of a sudden she becomes the one who's got nothing and, and is basically having to look, in, look at rebooting her life and, and reconnecting with all those people that she pissed all over because they weren't good enough to be around her when she was at on top. Right. And and so it, it's very it's it's a great story of trying, coming coming trying to the grips with all your own personal demons that you created, mm-hmm. and, and and coming to to finding that 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 middle ground as to what you really are and what you need to be to exist, and whether I I would argue that Kate Blanchett's character does initially. Come to a complete and total level playing field. That's no. not in this film, and uh, it's not it, a it, happy ending film. No, but I, I I saw this movie as more. This is what. This is Woody Allen's kind of teaching to people. Look, if you want to be this kind of person, this is the kind of life you can end up with. It was more supposed to be a a a warning film than anything else. And I don't, I'm not saying that he meant as some public service thing, but again, there's no happy ending here for anybody in this film. Not really. I mean, there's 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 plenty of characters introduced. But everybody has their own demons throughout this movie. It's it's all about everyone's demons, whether or not you're that person who has lived off everybody else's uh, 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 sorrow or or their their monetary losses, or something so simple as you just don't know how the fuck to keep a relationship, right? And and well, it's... just
0: when she when she had hooked up there with Scar, Scar all she all she had to do was not tell. Two little white lies, and she'd have had the world by the balls again.
1: But she was so used to being it, it, being that person that had to put on airs, and assume, because of what she used to be, she assumed that these were answers that people wanted to hear. And she put them out there. Unfortunately for her, they were answers that you can't give, because they're lies that, once they're out there...
0: And it was poetic justice that it was really, if you think about it, it was... uh, Dice Man's character that ultimately brought her down. True is, is
1: very, very true.
0: Respons- when she was responsible for really bringing him down, or her yep. husband was.
1: Yeah, the, the 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 only chance that Dice Man's character ever had in life, and they pissed all over it. Right. They destroyed it. So he, in effect, was what brought her down. Right. And yeah, I I just thought this movie was an absolutely brilliant film. It was, and Blanchett's performance. Oh, it, it was just. She's amazing.
0: guaranteed an Oscar nom. Um, I would probably say she's a front runner to win at this point. From yeah, um, yeah. No, yeah. I, I I agree. It, you know, I'm not I'm not a Woody Allen aficionado. I, I liked uh, was it Midnight in Paris yeah. enough. Um, I, I may have seen one other Woody Allen film in my life. I haven't even seen his classics. I,
1: I, Mighty Aphrodite probably is the one that stands out with me. I, I love that film.
0: Um, yeah, but this, this here is uh, is definitely my favorite of the ones I have seen. And Cape yeah. yeah, Cate Blanchett is, is fantastic. I, I, I loved it too. It's a... There's an easy four and a half for me.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, four and a half is where I'll land. And, and again, one thing with Woody Allen films is you're going to get an interesting cast of characters. Sure, people uh, seem to enjoy doing Woody Allen films. Louis C.K. has a quick little interesting spin in this. Yep. Bobby Cannavale was, and Max Casella, Max, Max Casella yep. in there, Dice Man. It, it, it's people just seem to like to do his films and yeah four and a half out of five it's well worth seeing don't look for a happy fun woody allen film here though it's would be the wrong film no all right uh we
0: will pause here and do a little quick uh top 10 most anticipated flicks of 2014 as of as of today
1: as of today yes So, if
0: 2014 is anything like 2013, we're in for a good time at the movies this year.
1: Hell yeah. And what's funny is when I was doing my list, I forgot how many movies were coming out. Because so much of the attention's on 2015 at this point. Sure. There's a bunch of movies coming out this year that have blockbuster written all over them. Right. Many of which I'm excited to see. So yeah. I, no.
0: Well, at this time of the year, you're always excited to see the blockbusters. That that's all out. you really know about. And then, it. and then at the end of the year, we talk about how the blockbusters mostly disappointed us. Right. Um, which you know, I, it's just that's just the nature of things.
1: Yeah, and, and we we haven't there the, haven't been any of the big uh, <laughs> uh, film. Uh, yeah, the festivals, the festivals, haven't, festivals haven't
0: kicked off it. I mean, Sundance is about to happen, but we haven't had that yet. We haven't had TIFF. We haven't had a lot of things, mm-hmm. and you know that there's a ton of films that are going to come out of those circuits that would end up on our lists if we were aware of them today. But mm-hmm. right now, a lot of a lot of what compiles my list anyway is stuff we already know about, which is gonna which is gonna have a lot more of. You're gonna find a lot more blockbuster fare on my most anticipated list this time of year than you're gonna have on my best of. At the right, end of the and,
1: year. and fair enough. Again, it's you know, there's so many independent films that until after the festivals, they really they we there's no release date. We don't even know you'll see them this year at this point. Right. Um, do
0: you want to kick off?
1: Sure. So my number ten is actually a blockbuster, and a lot of people have put it way higher. But the franchise doesn't mean as much to me as it does others, and that's X-Men Days of Future Past. I, I'm I'm really excited to see what they do. My concern with this is I was very happy with the latest x-men film leaving out the origin films and i don't know that i needed a revisit with the old cast i'm almost afraid of how this is going to gel because some of the old older films are fine some of it doesn't play off as well so i'm a little concerned however when when you considering the 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 road that had already been built with with the x-men first class I'm excited enough to think this could. This has potential for me being a very good film.
0: No, I agree. And I, Singer, I, right, is the one yep. doing
1: it, and, and I certainly like the first effort.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, 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 that was one of the pleasant surprises was X Men: First Class. So I am interested to see what it didn't make my top ten, but uh, it definitely. Uh, I don't want to wait to open that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to. <laughs> um, but it's definitely uh, something I'm interested to see. You know, X Men for me has always been just sort of one of those, eh, yeah, it's X Men Flick. I'll, I'll go watch it because right. I, I like them, but they don't, they don't blow it. It's not the level of excitement I usually get for like a, a Thor or a, a, mm-hmm. an Iron Man or something like that. But yeah, no, definitely good stuff. Uh, my number 10 is basically a sequel to what I consider to be the gold standard of action flicks uh, the Raid 2 Barendal. The Raid, Redemption, was one of the most insane balls-to-the-wall oh, action movie. flick that just never stops.
1: Yeah, I wasn't even aware there was a sequel to this movie coming yes. out.
0: Yeah, there's already a trailer out there for it. Um, huh. Yeah, I mean, I loved The Raid, Redemption. Um, that was just, just balls-to-the-wall nonstop. And apparently this one here is picking up... Uh, Hours after the last one drops off, and I expect, hopefully it's just another just drop-dead balls to the wall. Let's be honest,
1: every now and then you just need a fuck all yeah. uh, preconceived notions, fuck everything else, just give me a good action film that once it gets going, it doesn't stop.
0: It doesn't stop. You
1: sit there with your your, your munchies and your beer or your whatever you're drinking and just just get lost in it. Right, And that's what The Raid Redemption was to me. It was an hour and a half where I didn't realize that I'd sat there for an hour and a half, or hour and three quarters of where it was. It got going within ten minutes of that movie. It was off and running, and running is what it maintained for the entire film.
0: It never stops. Oh,
1: you were exhausted.
0: Um, And I'm hoping for the same thing on the second one, so that's my number ten. All
1: right, My number nine, again, is another movie I'm putting on here, and I'm a little nervous... But the trailers have me excited. This could be this year's Elysium, though. And that's Jupiter Ascending. The one the Wachowskis, isn't it? The one the Wachowskis. And I almost said it could also be this year's Cloud Atlas. <laughs> because Cloud Some Atlas. I like Cloud Atlas. I should revisit Cloud Atlas, but I don't know that I want to spend the three hours to revisit that movie to end up with the same opinion I do. It looks like an interesting enough story it looks like there's enough going on now my concern is that mila kunis as your lead actress and channing tatum as your lead actor is a little problematic i don't know that they're going to be able to do it tatum's done some decent stuff but i'm not sure kunis is uh, leading no the
0: material
1: and, and but we'll see is that again early shots of what i've seen i'm intrigued but I am also putting that little asterisk this could end up being this year's Elysium. I could come out of this so bummed with what I get afterwards that I'm going to not want to ever revisit it again. I'll put it at number nine now. It could be at my biggest disappointments at the end of the year.
0: Okay. Um, <clears throat> my number nine is uh, one of I'm trying to I'm trying to decide how to phrase what this guy is. Uh, a comedian who has given us a lot of things to laugh about on Fox on Sunday evenings in Family Guy and Seth MacFarlane. Oh, I know where you're going. In a million, wa- two million yeah. ways to die in the West.
1: This would be around my eleven or number twelve. Uh, it, it.
0: I just all all we've seen so far is one still shot. And it already looks like this is just going to be good old-fashioned, inappropriate Seth yep. uh, McFarlane. I almost said Seth Rogen. Seth McFarlane humor. Um, I can't wait to see what he does. Ted I loved. I just thought it,
1: it had that same... Ted was a surprisingly yes. funny film that I've seen it a few times, and it's as funny each time.
0: And was it, you know, was it? it's the same stuff as Family Guy. Oh, it's, 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 it's R-rated, Dirty humor. It just... R-rate trash humor,
1: yeah. but it's funny as shit. Because it comes out of the mouth of a teddy bear. Right. <laughs> McFarlane, you can say whatever you want about him, <laughs> but he is extremely intelligent, and he does get oh, yeah. that there's a shock factor to everything he does. And not He's everything hits
0: but, but, yeah, it's just, I, I, I can't wait to... Can't wait to see it. I'm kind of hoping that in somewhere in some background shot there's a teddy bear just so to say. I think it'd be there. hilarious, that would be, dude. That would be awesome. I know that Amanda Seifried's in this. Uh, and if you look at the still photo that's out there from it, you can look at Seyfried and you can just tell that she's doing everything she can to not just bust mm-hmm. out laughing. Uh, so, Two Million Ways to Die in the West with Seth MacFarlane's new comedy is uh, definitely. I think it's the only comedy on my list, and it's definitely the one I'm looking most forward to. Hopefully that's this year's This Is The end. Actually, I do have a potential
1: comedy on my list. but Cool. My number eight is, I'll put it under Blockbuster. I'm thinking it's going to be a great movie. Bring me some fucking Godzilla, but dude, mm-hmm. I cannot wait for the new Godzilla film. Mm-hmm. Early word, early looks at it looks freaking gorgeous. It looks like they understand what people want in a Godzilla movie. I hope so.
0: I, I hopefully it's not that abortion from the nineties. Right.
1: I I'm going to say not having Roland Emmerich involved <laughs> may be a saving grace here. Well, a lot of
0: people look at Cloverfield as more of the modern day Godzilla.
1: I love Cloverfield. That that too. is one of my favorite films of the past ten years and I've watched that one countless times. Right. It, that to me is one of those if I have nothing else going on, I'll throw Cloverfield on. It's just a great film. And, and you know what they they got right in Cloverfield is there's payoff throughout the movie. Right. They didn't keep giving you those glimpses. You can't have something that big trashing a city and nobody get a glimpse at what you're dealing with. It's that every time they give you a glimpse you got another wrinkle thrown into it, and that's right. what works. I'm looking forward to the Godzilla film.
0: I am, too. To the point where that will be a little higher on my list. All right. Um, My number eight, or are we number eight? Yeah, you're on number eight. Number eight. Um, Inherent Vice. Jenna Malone, Joaquin Phoenix. Listen to this cast. Jenna Malone, Joaquin Phoenix, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Josh Brolin, Owen Wilson, Maya Rudolph, Benicio Del Toro, you know, lots of good names. But the name that, that strikes out the most is that it's it's P.T. Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I don't always love everything he does, but he definitely gets my attention. He's definitely one of those directors where I will go and see everything that he does. Um, I liked The Master quite a bit when I saw it. If nothing else, he gets just phenomenal performances out of out of actors who sometimes maybe you don't don't see as those top performers we saw what he got out of Joaquin Phoenix last time he worked with him
1: Mm.
0: uh, as Frank Joaquin was great in that um you know Philip Seymour Hoffman we assume greatness from but if you look at the performances of the master I'm looking forward to see what Anderson can do with uh, with Jenna Malone uh, as one of them um and basically as it's written it's in Los Angeles, 1970, drug-fueled detective Larry Doc Cappello investigates the disappearance of a former girlfriend. Sounds very P.T. Anderson, plot-ish to me. You know that it's going to be a good character-driven story, so I'm, I'm all on board with anything yep. he does. All That's right. Inherent vice.
1: My number seven is, I, I'm assuming is a comedy, The Grand Budapest Hotel. <sighs> I I this movie the, from the first trailer I, speaking I was speaking
0: of Andersons
1: I I was hooked and and like I say I'm assuming what we're dealing with is the trailer because this particular Anderson uh, is a trailer is a comedy this Anderson West is Anderson. the West type Anderson is known for West comedy type. the West type Anderson but quirky such comedy. understated quirky comedy I get that it doesn't work for people it does work for me. And this this comes out in, what two months I believe I believe well it's a
0: limited but usually his stuff will end up in a more wide release in around the the March April yeah. of, of the world
1: and, and I I am so down for seeing Grand Budapest Hotel
0: well that's actually my number seven. Oh, it's well,
1: it so is all right. Grand Budapest
0: Hotel yeah I mean if nothing I like I like most of what he's done I love the Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, I loved Moonrise Kingdom. That, uh, it was that's such a great right. movie. And this looks to be right in line with that, just that quirkiness. So what yep. I need to see that everybody talks about, but I've always just sort of shied away because it's, it's animated is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Right. But I've heard that it's, that it's great. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one, that
1: weird animation too, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah so That's why I shied away. Not just because it's animated. It's that funky.
0: That one. And uh, the one I haven't seen of his is uh, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. I've never I've seen
1: I've actually that. seen that one. That's a weird bizarre ass movie. But I know. Again, it's Wes Anderson.
0: I've seen Rushmore. Rushmore. Not my favorite of his. Not that.
1: That's a quirky Fun movie. I'm not as big a Jason Schwartzman guy. No, I'm not. And, and I find him to be, at times almost be a pretentious douchebag yeah. who thinks way too much of himself. So I, I that one was a little problematic for that reason. Again, much like the Patrick Stuehazy thing, I go in with an attitude about an actor. I can't do much about it. So. Right. Your number six? My number six is actually a part one. and I will put The Hunger Games Mockingjay on here. And the only reason I'm saying it's it's number six and not higher is because it's part one. And I, I'm struggling with this splitting of final chapters of things into two fucking movies. Now, it's not nothing have, more than a cash grab. It, right. It's it, a cash grab. I haven't read Mockingjay. I don't know if it requires... I'm th-
0: just about done with it. You could have easily made
1: one movie out of it. And that's my fear. And uh, I, I'm, I, can't, I think that what we got in Catching Fire was so damn good, I can see where it's building towards a very good good type finish, an interesting type finish. Way more than I would expect to get from a normal YA kind of uh, film. Um, well, I'm excited for the movie, but I can't put it higher because it's going to be fucking split into two, mm-hmm. and they're going to give us that shit, and I'm going to have to wait six months to get the final chapter, and that'll piss me or off. Or a year. Or a year.
0: Yeah.
1: If they don't... yeah, I haven't I heard, heard when the release date of the, of the second half is. I
0: believe it's going to be... Uh... Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving.
1: Okay, so they're not doing like Harry Potter or like Deathly Hollows, Part 1, Part 2. Or Twilight. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember the Twilight release shouldn't, dates for sure.
0: Shouldn't we be remaking Twilight by now?
1: I'm sure somebody's pitching the we'll idea.
0: Call dusk or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> what are we on, number
1: six? That was my number six.
0: My number six. Gone Girl. New David Fincher flick. Uh... Ben Affleck um, and uh, Rosamund Pike, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's sort of accused of the disappearance of. I won't say she's his wife.
1: Um, on it's her birthday or anniversary. Yeah,
0: anniversary. I believe a fifth anniversary or something yep. like that. Um, and for me, the the draw for me here is that I, you know, I'm 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 certainly back on board with Affleck as much as a director, and I think is. His acting has improved as he's gotten behind the camera. And this isn't his film behind the camera. But it looks like the type of role that maybe Affleck will work in. Right. Without being Ben Affleck. Um, and, and, of course, Fincher. We know that we love, love Fincher. We love stuff. Fincher's stuff. Um, and they say that the book is, is phenomenal here. Um, you stole a little of my thunder, so I'll steal a little of yours.
1: Yeah, because of this. Well, as I just... Re- Motion to you, this will appear much higher on my list.
0: Right. Um, so Gone Girl is my number six. All right. I think we're going to get some crossover here. So.
1: My number five is one that you and I have already discussed today. And admittedly, we don't know what we're going to get out of this movie. Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Um, it, this is Marvel going on a, a line. Right of, on the dice. Yeah. It's, it's, we're talking characters that most the average person outside of total comic book nerd have never in a million years heard of. They're, they've got an interesting cast going into these characters, but it's what Marvel phase two or whatever they're calling. It. Supposedly it's like three phases of Marvel that's going on mm. and it could be, it could be this total piece of shit odd story. Or this could be such a fun new take on a superhero universe. I'm leaning more towards that with what we're getting from Marvel right now. It's certainly the cast of characters is fascinating. And the casting of the characters is interesting enough. I'm on board. So yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy for me.
0: Sure. Uh, My number five was actually one that I believe ended up on my list last year and ended up getting pushed into this year. Mm -hmm. uh, The Monuments Man. Yep. Which is coming out here in about a month. Um, it's just you know it's George Clooney, John Goodman, uh, John Dujardin is in it. Uh, a couple other people who's uh, well, I think Matt Damon is in it. Yeah, he is. Um, you know about this this World War Two battalion who was basically trained and pushed into Nazi Germany to to save or rescue priceless works of art that the, the Hitler Nazis want to destroy. Okay. Um, and the trailers make this, it, it looks like a comedy to some degree, but it also looks like there's probably some pretty heavy dramatic elements as well. Mm-hmm. The cast is phenomenal. I, I like Clooney a lot. I like, you know, their, their political leanings aside, um, you know, Damon and Clooney are, are are two two fantastic actors. I'll see any. I'll I'll watch John Goodman take a shit for twenty minutes if if I thought I could. He's that. I won't
1: go that far to watch Scott with Goodman, he's, he's but okay.
0: Phenomenal. Goodman he, is great, and it would be anything. a well
1: done shit. I will do yes, that.
0: <laughs> absolutely, it would be the most fantastic shit you've ever seen. Um. So the Monument, Monument's Men is uh, is my number five.
1: All right. My number four, and now we're really getting into blockbusters, Captain America The Winter Soldier. No, I'm surprised that's that high on your list. Um, and, and the reason being, as much as the ca- first Captain America film didn't do that much for me, I, I early shots of this one <laughs> look like we're going to get way more action. And Captain America... One of those burps that you can Spiced taste those, and a, smell.
0: A foot-long foot spicy burp on wheat.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, as long as you taste the wheat, too, again, yeah, then fine. Yeah, At least it's healthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, it's, I, I think that now that we've gotten the Avengers under our belt, Captain America is an interesting character. For one, I did not enjoy in the comics. I never was a big Captain America fan. But I'm excited to see what we have going on here. If they're going to give us some action at the level that the trailer shows, I'm on board, again, with what Marvel's doing. So, for me, Captain America, the Winter Soldier.
0: Nice. Yeah, Captain America for me, too. Not on my list, but certainly certainly looks good. And, yeah, Captain America, the Hulk movies aside, because that's just sort of a a shit show to begin with. But the Captain America was my least
1: favorite, only because I'm just not that into Captain America. No, and, and it was they, done well, and they had to give you the background and everything, sure. which they did a great job. Sure, but it, it was there was so much of it, right? That it was like an hour and a quarter of the film before we really even started getting any Captain America action, right? And it was enjoyable, but I'm looking for the next piece where we actually get something going on, right?
0: Uh, my number four, uh, new Christopher Nolan coming out interstellar um not sure what to expect of this but nope. another much, one of like those, inception. <laughs> much like inception you don't really know what you're going to get with the christopher nolan well, you know you're going to get something mind bending and interesting but that's just it about about nolan you don't know what you're going to get until you mm-hmm. see it um so I, I'm on board with with anything. And who's who's in the? Is this McConaughey?
1: This is McConaughey. McConaughey, McC- which
0: adds to the whole thing. McConaughey
1: is Kate Mara in this one? Maybe that sounds right. I'm thinking it's Kate Mara. I stole time. your thunder, so feel free to discuss. Interstellar. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you actually have stolen. Why? It's, it's not like we can discuss what this movie's even about. The, the, that that. But it's Christopher Nolan, and Inception's one of those movies, when you and I first saw it, we came out of it and we weren't sure what to make of what we'd just seen. With each successive watching of Inception, I enjoy that movie more and more each time. Yep. Inception is such a well-crafted and brilliant film, and yes, there are some flaws, the entire final scene around what feels like a Bond film with the, the snowmobiling, gun-toting people. But it was it was such an interesting action spin on what they had been building. The story itself is just so well-crafted. It's so different. Christopher Nolan gets stuff out of stories that's just original and unique. Even his Batman stories are unlike other stuff that's been done. Sure. And it... With the buzz around Christopher Nolan, with the secrecy thing. around Interstellar, and with the cast going in, I'm feeling pretty positive that we're going to get a very, very good time at the movies here. We're going to get
0: another Inception level. I maybe, hope so. Maybe yep.
1: just the the discussions that came out of Inception alone yeah. made it worth revi- make it worth revisiting. So yeah. it, it that alone makes Inception uh, makes Interstellar my number one.
0: Uh, I won't belabor number three here. My number three is Guardians of the Galaxy. All right. For the same things. You know, it, we've, we've come to expect a fun time with Marvel Flicks, and this is just a whole new adventure because mm. uh, I have no background with, with this, this group mm. of, of comics. Um, so I'm, I, I'm on board. It'll kind of be fun going in with no expectation other right, than we yeah. should expect a, a decent...
1: Yeah. Marvel. with Rocket Raccoon. With a raccoon. That badass raccoon. badass raccoon, I'm down.
0: We're done. That's my number three.
1: All right. My number three could be a, a, a ship movie. But I'm on board with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. This would be number two, actually. No, it wouldn't. You, do we? I just did my number three.
0: Right. And you went ahead of me.
1: But mm. we jumped from your, you brought up Interstellar, but then you, you had. off your number one. You had me discuss my number one, Interstellar.
0: Uh, okay, which would have been your number three. Right. Okay, so you just have three and two left. So you only have two left.
1: Exactly. It's just, you, this is your gotcha. right. I'm on board now. So, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Right. Um, I want more monkey shenanigans, in all <laughs> well, honesty. Yeah, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, we, we said earlier when they showed the trailer, this movie, I went in with... No belief that I was going to be a good movie, and Rise of the Planet Apes to me was one of the absolute surprises but of that Franco year. But the Franco
0: factor was being considered when no we question. At that too.
1: When, all we said when we were walking to the theater is we had the likelihood of good monkey jumping in a movie, <laughs> and we got <laughs> monkey, monkey jumping. jumping. Monkey jumping is the best. And, and this time we got monkey jumping and going into war. And do I think that we needed three movies? Don't know. I'll be curious to see what new they can give us. However, it is interesting that they returned to a series of movies. Let's be honest. They redid Planet of the Apes. It was an utter abortion. Sure. They they missed what really worked with it. What was missing was what we're getting now. And that's the backstory of how we got from there to here. And it's an interesting enough story that I, I'm on board for. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, I think has the potential for being as good as Rise. If that's what I get, that's more than i could ever ask for
0: right uh my number two uh was actually uh godzilla yeah. which uh we've we've uh, grew up loving those old monster movies and, and godzilla was was always on it felt like every sunday afternoon you would sit there and watch him do battle with, with whatever other monster that uh, they had cooked up for him and
1: I love the old Godzilla stuff. It scared oh. the
0: shit out of me as a kid.
1: But it it was it was fun cheesiness.
0: Yep. yep. And and I just hope that they captured that right.
1: Right. and early on I'm saying, at least from the look of the trailers, from look of the shots, and from word coming from the cast, admittedly, it's hard from the trash and movie they're in. It sounds like they're way closer to getting it right than is certainly what we saw in the nineteen nineties. Right. no. So.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see if your number two and my number one match.
1: I've already told you what my number two is. Gone Girl. Oh, that's
0: right. My number two is
1: Gone Girl. Um, For the exact reasons you gave. Ben Affleck is not at the level of McConaughey in terms of acting with this rebirth. But I would say because of the directing piece and with some of the work Affleck has done as of late... He's on a definite rebound. And when you throw David Fincher in a story that sounds as intriguing as it is, this sounds like the kind of work that both those two can shine. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, for me, Gone Girl just sounds like it would be a great, interesting time at the box office.
0: Even though Affleck's the star on this one, it almost feels like an Affleck. Yes, it
1: does. But, honestly, with the way Fincher does things, there is a certain... Affleck and Fincher, to a certain extent, have some some of the similar feels in their directing mm. style. So I can see where Fincher can get something out of Affleck, which is where I think this will really work.
0: Well, my number one is absolutely director-driven. Um, and it's basically a director, a movie that, that you haven't seen from this director before, a type of movie you haven't seen from this director before. I know where you're going. We've gone from two very incredible minimalist pictures to epic picture is Darren Aronofsky's Noah.
1: This is one that when we do our blockbuster conversation will appear on mine, and it's such a hard movie to predict how this thing's going to do.
0: You th- you're going to stick that, you, you think that's going to be one of the top ten of the year in, in
1: I, box Right now I think it might be, but by the time we discuss it, it may not, It because the the difficulty for me is the Christian factor and how they turn out for their movies. Keep in mind that, um, oh, Jesus, what the, was the frickin' Jim Caviezel, Mel Gibson? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, that movie was the top ten that year. It was the top five that year. Yeah, there was a lot of controversy around that, too. Doesn't matter, but the the, the box office, is still the box office, whether or not people liked what they saw. It was Last
0: Temptation, it was, um, No,
1: Last Temptation of Christ was the one, what was those That was, uh... Scorsese? I, I, I want
0: to say...
1: And it was with Defoe. Um,
0: oh, what the fuck was it called? I can't think of the name
1: of it. Doesn't matter. It was basically... The, the, I saw it, too. The, in the yeah, theater. It, uh, I didn't see it in the theater. I, I did see it as soon as a video. It was a good flick. They did a good job with it. It was very graphic. As a non-Christian, I took it for what it was. Right. Um, but, yeah... I, yeah uh, I know, yeah. Noah could be an, an interesting, interesting movie, especially with Oronofsky, Aronofsky. I just want to see
0: Aronofsky. See what Aronofsky does with it. I still need to see the, fun the guy one. who did The Wrestler and Black Swan as his last two, two great
1: films. films.
0: Uh, yeah, two two fantastic films, and this here has just got epic written all over it. So,
1: and let's be honest, Russell Crowe is the guy you can put in an epic kind of film, and it sure. works. Well, he has yeah. something about the way he carries himself. Sure. So. all right, that's our, our top ten most
0: anticipated. Uh, pre-festivals <laughs> if you will um let's uh we'll pause one last time here we'll come back and we'll talk some coen brothers let's do it
1: oh it's fairly well my darling True, i'm leaving in the first hour of the morning no you don't want to go anywhere And that's why
0: all the same shit is going to keep happening to you, because you want it to. Is that why? Yes, and also because you're an asshole. What'd you say you played? Folk songs. Folk songs. I thought you said you were a
1: musician. Folk singer with a cat. It's not my cat,
0: I just didn't know what to do with it. Really? So, did you bring your dick along too? I should have had you wear double condoms. Well, we shouldn't have done it in the first place, but if you ever do it again, which is a favor to women everywhere, you should not. But if you do, you should be wearing
1: condom on condom, and then wrap it in electrical tape.
0: Holy oh, weather is against me, the <coughs> wind
1: I'm interested in, in gigging here. Okay, let's hear something. You don't want to hear the record? Why should I? You're
0: here. Play me something. Play me something from Inside Lou and Davis. So, as we said earlier, we finally got around to catching one of the 2013 films that we were most anticipating.
1: Because we live in Maine, have to wait until 2014, to, wait to, see until 2014
0: <laughs> to see it. 2014 uh, to see it inside Lou Davis, which we'll get around to. Right. Um, but we thought we would uh, discuss a little bit about about the Coen Brothers and the filmography of the Coen Brothers, and how, arguably, in my opinion, you could definitely put you could definitely make a case for these guys being the best American filmmakers working today. In my opinion, you you could you could make the argument. You may not agree, it may not be your number one, but they have to be in the discussion.
1: Yeah, I would put them in the discussion. For me, not so much. Pacing-wise, I can have a little trouble with some of their movies. But I would argue that I don't know that there are other directors that get the look and feel of what they're trying to get quite like the Coen brothers.
0: Their style is, is magnificent. And I, and I do think that they have gotten better. When You look, at, their, you look at, like, I, I think their last four or five films are easily my favorite of theirs um, and and that's not to say that their early stuff was was bad it's just it was different you could tell that they were just sort of you know getting their feet wet in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that these guys just make the movies they want to make they don't kowtow to studio pressures mm-hmm. it's basically like, any studio at this point that that's sitting there, and the Cohen brothers go, "Hey, we want you to, Yep, here you go. Here's your blank check. Do what yeah. you're going to do."
1: Well, it, 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 but the thing is, the blank check for a Cohen brothers film wasn't going to be that large anyway, yeah. because they're. Clearly, there's certain actors they like working with. Clearly, there's certain actors that also like working with them. Sure. And, and they... I mean, Goodman is clearly one of those guys that loves working with them. Turturro. Turturro. Uh, Buscemi. Frances
0: McDormand, but she's also married to uh,
1: Ethan, I want to say,
0: or... Dorman. I didn't realize that. Yeah, she's married to one of them. I can't oh, remember
1: which Well, good
0: um, Yeah, Clooney resurfaces on occasion. Um... Shit, so so there was one other name there that I was uh, trying to think of that always seems to pop up. Anyway, they'll come to me.
1: Well, Um, Jeff, uh, uh, Daniel's Bridges. Bridges. Bridges is certainly one of theirs. Well, did he,
0: what did he do besides True Grit? Lebowski. Oh, Lebowski. Jesus Christ. The the dude. (laughs) The dude abides. I failed on the dude. Um, but you look at this, the, the filmography, and I don't know that, I think the Cohen brothers is like its own genre, because these guys don't do the same movie. time. They do a comedy, they do a drama, they do amb-
1: ambiguous symbolic flicks. You know, this is, it's <laughs> going to be a bad comparison, but let me flush it out. They kind of remind me of... What Mel Brooks used to be, because if you go to what Mel Brooks comedy was, he still did. He's got his western comedy, he's got his epic, and that to me is kind of what the Coen brothers do. Even though there's, I don't want to use the term artsy, but there's is less about the slapstick comedy sure. and more just about the total fricking film. But they do. They they they. I don't know if they've gone to the same genre twice. Well, I mean. They
0: have. I mean, you could you could argue that Raising Arizona, Lebowski, and A Serious Man yeah, are, uh, all, are all... Well, Serious Man is very dark comedy, um, but you you could say that those were comedy flicks. But yeah, you look at something like Miller's Crossing, which was like film noir, which I know for you was, was a pacing
1: issue. Um, but I won't knock the look and feel of the film. The look,
0: the look and feel right from the get-go from these guys' films, I mean... There, there are great characters in their films, but I'd argue that their their setting is as much of a character in any film they do as any living person in right. the movie, and and that's become whether it's like when we saw inside Lou and of say whether that's an extreme close up shot of. Of Oscar Isaac singing into a microphone.
1: The old timey microphone mm-hmm. with just the shadows. Yes. And the, the smoke in the air. Or and, the
0: wide expanse of the wilderness in True Grit. Mm-hmm. You feel like you are just in swallowed that time into in that, that time in that place. Um, and that goes to uh, a lot of credit to the cinematographers they work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just have this eye. And you can tell some of their influence. Barton Fink, I can see so much of Kubrick in Barton Fink uh, with, the, with like the long hallway shots, mm-hmm. so just reminiscent of The Shining. Um, in, in, in Miller's Crossing with the film Noir, you, you, can, you can feel a lot of, of Kubrick's yep. influence in, in these guys. But, but you have to admire... And, and they write... Their stuff. They,
1: oh, they, they their works their are completely their works. <coughs> they, 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 they are. They don't allow anybody to bastardize what they're trying to do.
0: Now, I think earlier on in their their earlier career, um, when you look at Miller's Cross and we look at Blood Simple, Barton Fink, they got a little bit more into the. I don't know, the symbolism of stuff, a lot more of the ambiguity of stuff, um, you know, things that you had to, that maybe after there, you sort of scratched your head and go, the hell were they trying to do? And Barton Fink's a good example of that. When you sit back and go, I, I I liked that from a character perspective, but I'm not exactly I'm not sure certain what that what is I you were trying to <laughs> right. do. Was this, a, was this a, a a heaven versus hell thing? A fire versus water thing? but the characters that are a part of it totally oh, is great as Martin fink goodman, goodman uh, uh, whatever as his character the neighbor name. there yep. it was
1: it was it was mad, uh, mad much or whatever they call them in the end but um, yeah it, it, the thing is their characters are almost these really starkly driven, uh, drawn characters. You, you, whether or not you like the movie, the characters themselves will really stand out in, in Cohen Brothers' films. And I would argue that what's strange of them is they don't necessarily do character development as normal, as a lot of directors do. You're not going to get a whole lot of background no. in Martin Fink, yet you feel like you know Barton Fink by the end exactly, of it. Exactly, exactly. And I don't know how to really put a finger... I, all I can figure is because all they've the gotten like so... So much of the rest of the world around them is yeah. so detailed that you figure out where that person falls in that well, world. I look at No Country
0: for Old Men, which is one of their best films, in my opinion. And you look at, at the villain that Javier Bardem um, plays. And I can't mm-hmm. remember his name. But you look at that. And like, in any other film, I'd be like, well, how'd this guy get that way? I don't care how he got that way never no. He's just so mesmerizing to watch as a character. It, it's... I don't need his background.
1: And because of the way. I don't the let way other they directors do their... get away with that. Right. <laughs> because of the way they've done their films. The backdrop is so much a part of their personality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the character is so much a part of the backdrop. They're almost interchangeable. And again, all I'm saying is what you already have, that realistically the setting is so much of a character, it aids in the character development. Sure. And by, that, by within half an hour of a movie, you understand that character solely because of the world they're in. They've dropped you in the middle of it like you've got a camera and you're following that person around. And it makes you understand. You may not agree with what they are. Certainly, you can't agree with what Harvey or Bardem's character is. But you understand that this is a person that's been driven to this Mm -hmm. point. And you are just mesmerized by it. And that's what the Coen brothers do right. And that is where they did expand upon the True Grit universe. Mm -hmm. You understood. The, The comment I heard before I saw it was, Steinfeld... Just came off as the this character that was so driven towards revenge that she became obsessed with it. And as a result, you do. And that was my first thought when we watched it was, yeah, this, this person, it is their life. They're consumed by revenge. And that, to avenge their family when nobody else will, she's going to do it. That's all that matters to her. And it just makes you get engrossed in the entire story. Right. That simple idea, and you get no backstory of hers either. It's just, you know she's looking for revenge. You know that they cheated her father, her father died as a result. Right. It's enough. Right. And that's what the Cohen brothers nail. They give you enough of that world that it fills in the gaps.
0: Now I know that uh, we hadn't seen every, and I still haven't, I'm still like about two or three short of the full filmography. These guys have 18 films to their mm-hmm. credit. Uh, from a directing standpoint, and early on in the career, the credit really I think just went to Joel Cohen with as, Ethan as a, as a producer and writer, or vice versa. Because yeah. I get my Cohens reversed on, on yeah. occasion. Uh, but now that now everything that comes out is pretty much written and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I a revisited and see saw b saw for the first time some of their earlier stuff uh, and, and a couple of things more in their mid mid uh, career. Um today, what would you say your favorite Cohen Brothers film is? And that's interesting. That's interesting because we haven't really discussed Inside Lewin Davis yet. So it's hard for me to it's it's so fresh, it's hard to step back and decide where you're gonna rank a film right. like that. Um because it's very easy to walk out of films going that's the best ever. For me, I would
1: probably this is a t- it's, it's tough. tough, and and here's why because I don't know that you can rank Coen Brothers films so different. Like, exactly. Because there's a part of me if I want a comedy, I would if if I'm in a comedic mood, The Lady Killers or or Lebowski pop right into my mind. I've sat and watched those movies, and I know a lot of people don't even like The Lady Killers. I love this movie. Mm. Um,
0: I implore you to to even after this discussion today, don't stop there. See A Serious Man.
1: Right, I definitely it want is, to see A Serious Man.
0: without a doubt, their funniest movie.
1: I definitely want to see that one. Um, I, I think I would have to go by and say if I really had to rank them, my favorite would probably be Fargo.
0: Another another solid one. I liked uh, No Country for, Noah, uh, for Old Men, yep. True Grit, um, I, A Serious Man is up there for me, and, yeah, Lebowski. But... Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see And we can start We can go into our spoiler-ridden discussion here About Inside and Davis It's going to be interesting to see Where this one ultimately falls on the chart for me um, But as I come out of it uh, I, It's going to be up there Solo act? Yeah, now Now? Used to, uh, work with a cat? Every time he'd play a C major He'd puke a hairball I used to have a partner
1: what happened? Threw himself off the George Washington Bridge.
0: Well, I don't blame him. I couldn't take it either, having to play Jimmy Crack Corn every night. Oh, well, pardon me for saying so, that's pretty stupid, isn't it? George Washington Bridge. You throw yourself off the Brooklyn Bridge, traditionally.
1: George Washington Bridge. Who does that? For Colin Brothers films? For Coen
0: Brothers Films. Okay. Inside Lewin Davis is going to be up there for Coen Brothers Films for me. I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know where you land on it. Uh, I know that's not, not your genre of no. music.
1: No. He, what, I, he, what I find fascinating with Inside Lewin Davis, I loved this movie. Mm and i 'm saying that i'm i'm putting that out there now because i'm going to say something that's going to instantly make you think i don't like this movie. This movie has no plot it 's a hundred percent character it's a yeah. it's a character story. Mm-hmm. You are following basically a week in the life of Lewin Davis right. at times a lot happens at times nothing whatsoever happens it 's a character' study film don't go into this expecting that you're going to have some some initial thing, some big build-up, some grand thing. You're not going to follow the old ten steps of making a good story. They're not here. No.
0: There's no happy ending. There's no. No, sad there's ending. nothing. There's,
1: there's, there's no denouement. denouement. There's nothing. It's
0: exactly it's, what it's, you it's said. A it's a week in the. Li- it's a glimpse of a week in the life of Lewin Davis.
1: But there's enough going on in this life, and they capture the world of early '60s folk music. So well, in the honestly, the life of people in New York City and what it was like to go on the highway. That I thought one of the most fascinating scenes of the film was the commute between New York and Chicago with John Goodman, with, with John Goodman, but just. Showing how open the road was, and yep. there's the spattering of cars. This wasn't something. Well, was just er-
0: another part of the cohen brothers and, and their their
1: surroundings and their settings you, that are 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 as much of a character. Just the vast there. expanse of what kind of undertaking. Okay. Even in the early '60s, what undertaking it was to go from New York to Chicago. Yeah. That wasn't something you just fucking did. Yeah. It was a great investment in doing it, and as they. I To be honest, I went in not knowing if I was going to like this film or not. I, I expected that I would get something out of it. What I got was arguably one of the greatest character studies I've seen in any film, period. Mm. Um, I feel as if I know so much about Lewin Davis at this point. And big credit to Oscar Isaac. Who did a fantastic job. And again... I always judge people the, by the amount of time that they're on the screen and how much in that time they dictate it. He was easily on the screen, 97% of this film, sure. and dominated every second of it. For an actor that people, a lot of people wouldn't even know who you were talking about. Right. Or they may know him as Blue from Sucker Punch. Or, Blue from Sucker Punch,
0: or he was in Drive. Right. Um, uh, yeah.
1: Interestingly enough, Mulligan's... Yeah. Uh,
0: Hopefully this will put Oscar Isaac on the map more. I hope he gets a nomination for this because he was absolutely phenomenal, he was. And, and he did his own singing too, yeah. which he's great. Yeah I, I i i would I would pay money to watch this guy sit and sing like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean it's it's not really my genre so much either, but but I I don't not enjoy that. But type of But you know stuff.
1: what? They made me. Think of how interesting a time it would have been, though, to go into these little smoky clubs and see these acts coming up for just four or five songs, just one after the other. These guys were more
0: than just musicians,
1: they were storytellers, right? They were, if you listen to they were quote unquote modern day bards, is what we had.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I aside of Isaac I thought John Goodman was a steam sealer while he was in there but he yep. is in many things uh Carrie Mulligan was great but oh god I hated her she was annoying I hated her because all she was content to do was blamed Lewin Davis for everything. Like everything, and he even brings it up. You ever hear the phrase "It takes two to tango"? Mm-hmm. She's act, she's talking to him like it's completely his fault that, that she, she slept freaked. with
1: him. Yeah, that she slept, yeah. even though she is clearly living with a dude that they're if, that he's friends with. She fucked him, got knocked right. up, and it's his fault. It's his
0: fault, right? It, it, you know, if that's true, then you were raped, right? <laughs> and you weren't. So, so, stop. yeah, I found her to be completely annoying, completely out of line with the way she was trashing him out. But you could still tell she felt something for him. Mm-hmm. It was impossible for as many people as this guy pissed off and how much of a loner was that people genuinely liked him. They just, you know, it seemed like they were like, dude, you've got to do something with yourself. Right.
1: And, and the only ones that for some reason didn't feel that way were the professor's. Was the the professor? Was it Roseberg Reisman who owned the cat? Oh right, right, right. They right. they were the only ones that didn't seem to judge him, and it looked like the only reason there was because they were so well off. He could sack her on the couch, and it meant nothing to him. And to them, he was kind of their entertainment. Right, he was their little piece of the Lower East Side that they could bring in, and and he could that little snapping he had was. More than just the loss of the of Mike, right. it was recognizing that he was their little dancing pony. Right. He went in, he ate, they, they he didn't even want to go there for food, but because he was there, they offered him food, but now you have to sing for your supper. And right. that's what he was then. He was a little toy they could wind up and roll out. He was their little folk singer, as they, as they called him to all their friends that were always there having a wine party.
0: Right. Explain the
1: cat. Yeah, sorry. It's uh, it's the girlfriend's cat. I crashed there last night. What's its name? Uh, I I don't know. He snuck out the door. Do you think you're door... he staying here tonight? Uh, I was hoping to. Is Jim around? Jim's
0: not here. We told Troy he could crash here.
1: Troy Nelson, how are you? How you doing? Llewyn Davis.
0: Oh, hello.
1: I've heard your music. I've heard many nice things about you from Jim and Gene and from others. <laughs> you have not heard one nice thing about me from Gene. Ever. Um, Timberlake. Not a big role. No. But and, and in fact, I thought it was going to be a little bigger than it was.
0: Right. Well, the trailers would lead you to believe that there was a little more. But
1: material. again, you, if you watch the trailers, you'd think there was going to be a lot more Goodman, too. So
0: True. Um, but but he was he was adequate. And... Uh, dude, I, it was mostly Adam driver that that made the scene when, when they the in the recording the session in in the Adam driver was freaking brilliant in that scene
1: but what's funny is as much as I'm watching going this is the most ludicrous thing I ever saw him but I'm also thinking but there were so many songs that had this sound oh yeah it, and that that was the amazing thing is it seems ludicrous to us but there were countless songs that sounded just like that. Right. You had the dude with the creepy voice just counting things off, and you had the little kitschy little sayings in the middle of it. It's what the recording system was, right. and and it is fascinating. That's the other thing. I think it shows what recording sessions really used to look like. Mm-hmm. This was at times like so watching a behind city. the music. It was sound and which to me is is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And and the digital age to a certain extent has kind of destroyed it. You know something else that I found myself longing for. There was a quick shot but it was a very Cohen brothers shot where he flips over an album and is reading the information on the back of the album. Gone are the days of reading the old album jacket.
0: Not anymore except it's not the same. Oh, well, it's, it, 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 it's
1: it's a knockoff you're version. You saying it it tastes like reheated dinner? Yes. It 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 feels like somebody playing a 1900s recording of something on a CD where you're going okay, you could hear the crackles but it's still not the same as as what it used that used to be the entire connection to the to the performer was the information they put on the album mm-hmm. now it's not quite the same it doesn't have the same feel and i know there's return to to vinyl but it's still not the same it's I not like it used to, to, vinyl. to be yeah i you, i know you have and i, I still got plenty of vinyl there's nothing like vinyl I, I agree. and i, I love the just the shots of putting the album on you could hear the popping of it and you know something else that I liked. Although I loved what the
0: Coen Brothers did with this film, um, I mean the soundtrack is is brilliant. I don't know who's responsible. T Bone Burnett I saw was uh, in the credits was with uh, music production, but um, is that every song in this movie they let it play out from start to finish? Right. Nothing cut off to to go to another scene or nope. something like that. You, you listened, essentially, to this entire song. You had soundtrack. a three-
1: to four-minute number yeah. on multiple occasions. Right. And, and hats off to the performers for doing this, mm-hmm. because they acted like old pros. And again, Isaac certainly got to give credit where credit's due. Right? Mm-hmm. You just found yourself focused on the, the, the lyrics, quaint as they would have been, mm-hmm. but still... Quaint, and I found myself at the very end going, and now we see why I hate folk music, because here is Bob Dylan, <laughs> Bob who Dylan. I do not in a million I don't get, years I don't understand what Stoner, people ever saw stoners, or heard in that thing.
0: Stoners get Bob Dylan. I don't get Bob
1: Dylan. Lewin Davis, I would get why people like that sure. voice. The four Irish tenors, whoever they were, the dudes in the white sweaters. I get how some people would like those voices. Well,
0: I, uh, very similar. That's why one of the albums I picked up was Rodriguez. It's, it's very, you know, Detroit, uh, you know, ish type mm-hmm. club. Um, and all, all they do is they just sit down there, they strum their guitar, and they sing, and, and they've got great voices. But yeah, I agree, Dylan. I, Dylan just doesn't have a, that good of a voice to me. No, but uh, the cat was great. Dude, I love the cat. I wonder how long they had to sit around and wait for the cat to do what they wanted the cat to
1: do. (laughs) Yeah, because last day I've had my share of cats. Mm -hmm. Cats don't train that well. They train you, but you don't train cat. Right. And that cat was just on the subway train. The average cat, you put them in a car, (laughs) cat's flipping the fuck out. That cat just chilled. Yeah, that cat was chill. That was awesome. It was like Oz's
0: doppelganger. It was. Without the thin Thin (laughs) doppelganger. Um you know again you can't say enough about just the the atmosphere that the Coen brothers dropped this story mm-hmm. into it was just just phenomenal um, i thought adam driver was great i thought yeah. uh was somebody else? oh the only character I, that I didn't really have a whole lot for cuz he didn't really do anything was garrett headland
1: john, john five or whatever his yeah, name is yeah yeah it was i actually know. just goodman's driver Basically. Well, Driver, and they did reference that he, at some point, had, they had some kind of a career together, mm. but it was really glossed over. And, and, but again, they were just characters. And, and basically, the entire impression you got when you saw what was up with Goodman, because they kept referencing going to the bathroom and being in for an inordinate amount of time. Right. And at first you assume, well, well I would assume the average person thought... It, yeah, dude just got so just, many medical issues yeah. that he's that handicapped guy who goes in and spends half an hour taking a shit right. when no, there's something else going on here. Right. And as a result, Hedlund knew that this guy's got the money, I just have to be his caretaker. Right. I have to be the one to make sure he doesn't end up in hospital or jail. And as long as I do that, I just am what Speaking I am. Speaking of which,
0: why did they drag him off to jail? I didn't understand. I mean,
1: I, I mean, I understand that he that it looked like, like he, he had was a, resisting, and but. that's the thing. Did he swing at the cop? Because it was it, everything was done intentionally from inside the car. All yeah. those shots, so you couldn't really understand whether or not it, he. And then the, the it, I think it
0: was just douchebag cop. And then the cop just pulls in the car and leaves the other two there and drives off. Right.
1: At the very least I would have been saying, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa Tyler, he's got the keys. Can I at least have the keys to get the vehicle off the highway? Right, right, right. You didn't want us here. You left us. But that was that was an abrupt end
0: to those characters in there, which I thought was a little weird.
1: Yeah. Uh, um uh, and, and maybe they just thought there isn't that much we can say about
0: these. Were you these. disappointed that they didn't go anywhere with the he's got a kid storyline? Even when they brushed aside that he just decides to go past the exit to Akron. Yeah. As opposed to turned on it.
1: That was, that was odd. That they threw that out there. And and, and they didn't really do anything with it. No. It, the only thing they did was all of a sudden he had a little extra money as a result of the, the right. kid. Um. The, but the way I came to grips with it was I took it as a other people know that at t- that you basically aren't going anywhere at this rate. And what good is it for them to tell you you have a kid? You can't afford to, you won't spend a dime to help it, you don't have a dime. Right. So what does it mean to this person? They want to keep the kid, they kept the kid. But you'll never be a parent to it. Right.
0: Yeah, so so for me, this one it, it, for me it was, it was certainly a four and a half out of five. Um, it, terrific performances, another great atmospheric uh, setting by the Coen Brothers, and it, it was just it was an enjoyable film to watch from start to finish.
1: Yeah, I, I would easily go four and a half out of five. Again, if you're looking for a movie that follows all the preconscribed notions as to what a good story is, you're not gonna get it here. Right. But if you're looking for just a great character study with some with a very fascinating character, this is as good a movie as you'll ever come across. Sure. And it's it's good enough that me, who struggles with pacing issues in movies, had no issue whatsoever with this film. Yeah. I was just totally absorbed in the world that they'd created.
0: I agree. So. All right, so next time I know we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to have a box office challenge. Yep. Pick our top, t- what we think are going to be the top 10 domestic grosses for 2014.
1: Well, well, let's put a rule on. We can't think that. I, Frankenstein, and Hercules can't be part of it because they'll right. already be out. Damn, I'll so scratch I know. I Those, those are going to be list. tough. I. Hercules could very well be the biggest movie. Of the the year. next one will be.
0: A, other than that, the next podcast will be a surprise because uh, we haven't really given much consideration to to what we're going to do yet. Because it's that time of year.
1: Yeah, well, Cause... we'll we'll have the Oscar nominations to discuss. That's true. That's true. And we'll have the, the
0: Oscar cast though. No, this isn't going to be the Oscar podcast.
1: No, 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 we'll have we'll have a high level on the nominations. We won't go into a great amount of detail, but we will have the Golden Globes to discuss. That's true. That's so true. we'll have plenty to discuss. I love some <laughs> Amy Poehler. Yeah, she's 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 all right. All right. And, but her and Tina Fey together, they do a great job. So I agree.
0: All right, that'll do it for uh, for this time. Until next time, later. later.